Hey everybody, Doug Wong here. Welcome to episode two of our podcast at Lord's Love Church, where everything we do is help you as a listener to receive and live out the love of Christ. Uh, with this Sunday being the first Sunday of April, many churches would be celebrating communion or also known as the Lord's Supper or also known as the Eucharist. What is the difference between all the different terms? Hopefully I can go into it a little bit more uh, today. Uh, I'm going to be trying to answer the question in this episode, does virtual communion count? Uh, if you're in the same situation as our church, uh, this Sunday is the first communion that we're going to be doing since the quarantine, since uh, we've totally gone off-site uh, with our service, sir, uh, Sunday services being on Zoom or recorded online. Uh, and whether you do it once a month, uh, twice a month, or every single week, uh, this is a question that I'm no doubt uh, your leadership is wrestling with. And maybe you're wondering in your own church uh, whether this counts uh, as legit a communion. That's a real question that, that we're having at this moment. Uh, there have been churches out there and conversations I've had with different Christian leaders of uh, parishioners and congregation members asking whether this whole online thing really counts. Like, what are we doing here? Is it really real ministry? As a real interactions, does our Sunday services on Sundays uh, really count? Uh, do they really mean anything? And I think part of uh, that question, the underlying part of that question is really, there's just been so much change uh, so quickly. Uh, I know at least in our church, it's been that case anyways. Uh, in March, I, I can't remember the last time where I've made, we've made as leadership, made so many big decisions in such a short amount of time. So I think part of this is uh, us as a church kind of catching our breath and a little bit of a, of a lull, null here is asking a question of, you know what, like, like is what we're doing here really legitimate? Uh, is it still ministry because it's so different than what we're used to? Uh, Kerry Newoff, he's the uh, founding pastor of Connexus Church in Toronto, and he's also a leadership author and podcaster. He tweeted this a couple of days ago saying, church leaders asking if online counts is like Sears asking if Amazon counts. And we know um, what happened to Sears, uh, especially since uh, there's big corporations like Amazon taking um, <clears throat> selling online and taking sales to a whole different level. And I think as a church recently, we've had to make so many big decisions so quickly, but it's really accelerated the church into the direction that we've always been going. We would have been going anyways, that we know online platforms, you know, we're in a digital age. Uh, we might even be past that now uh, where technology is a part of our lives. Um, when I went to high school, which it's a while ago, but not that long ago. Uh, no one had laptops. We didn't have Wi-Fi in our high schools. But now I hear from the students at our church that look, laptops taking it to your high school uh, classroom is the norm. I didn't have a laptop until first year university. And even then, uh, the battery didn't last very long. And everyone needed to be on a plug. But the computers and the technology that we have now has made uh, communication uh, and relationship a little bit more accessible. Now, is there a downside to it? Uh, definitely. Uh, but in this day and age, in this time now of COVID-19 and pandemic of our quarantining, quarantining and isol uh, isolating, uh, we are thankful for technology that we have uh, through Zoom, through Google Hangouts, uh, through Skype, 
um, whatever platform you want to use uh, to continue our interactions. And Chris Ridgway, uh, he writes about faith and technology at Christianity Today. He says this, this new normal has changed us. Uh, new technologies that first appear as toys where we just play with them soon turn into tools where we use them and then became our technological terror. Uh, that's assumed background environment wherein something like texting becomes a conversation or argument. Uh, these environmental technologies shift the focus from the tech back to the substance of human presence. Being present doesn't require being in person. And I think that's what they, we're living in right now, that being present, uh, I just had a Zoom, I came out of a Zoom call earlier today, that being present doesn't mean you need to be in person anymore. I had a very real conversation uh, with uh, my friend uh, through Zoom, and I wouldn't uh, take it away. Now, would I rather have gone to a coffee shop um, and be in the environment of a cafe with freshly ground beans and fre freshly roasted coffee and to drink a coffee across from a table with someone in that environment, definitely. I wouldn't trade that for the world. And I don't think anything really can replace the real face interaction with people. Um, no matter how real uh, it may seem, it's just not the same. As humans, we're wired for relationship and connection. And um, there's just nothing that replaces the face-to-face -face, uh, that we've been created for and that, that, that we have. Now, maybe if you're list, if this podcast survives all the way to year 3000, uh, maybe there will be some, some other technology uh, out there that would make it a little bit more real. But uh, I think face-to-face -face, uh, isn't going away anytime uh, soon. But the question, back to the question today that we're going to wrestle with, um, it's all tied in together. Does virtual communion count? Uh, is it legitimate? Is it real? Should we do it? Is it biblical? Well, I think, I think we need to understand first uh, what the word communion means. Uh, communion uh, also can be known as the Eucharist. Uh, and Eucharist, it comes from the, the Greek word uh, Eucharistio, uh, which means uh, thankful. Uh, it means uh, thankfulness, uh, the giving of thanks, thanksgiving, um, something along, anything along those lines. And mostly it's Paul uses that kind of language in Acts, First and Second Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And he uses that to describe the Lord's Supper. And rightly so, because when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're celebrating, we're giving thanks for what Jesus has done on the cross. As we look forward to next week, is Easter ready? We remember the work done by Jesus on the cross. That's perfectly and ultimately saved us for those that accept him that has eradicated uh, any barriers that we have uh, with Jesus, making a way uh, for uh, salvation. So communion, also known as the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, um, is important within the Christian faith. And you've been part of church for any amount of time. You would have seen it. If you watch movies, they talk about it. Uh, but there's different camps on communion and how we understand it depending on uh, the tr tradition uh, or the denomination that you come from. Now, most mainline Protestant churches uh, see communion as an ordinance. Uh, and, the, and an ordinance is uh, where the elements of communion, so the body and the bread, they're seen more symbolic uh, than literal. So when Jesus says, I eat my, bread, I eat my body and drink my blood, uh, he doesn't mean literally to eat his body or to drink his blood. That's symbolic, meaning we are to understand what his body and his blood represent. Uh, his body that was broken for us that we made whole, 
and also his blood that was shed for us so that we can be made clean. So most uh, mainline Protestant denominations uh, celebrate and understand communion as an ordinance. Now, there are some churches uh, that understand communion to be a sacrament. So there's the ordinance, and then there's another word sacrament that we use to refer to communion. And sacrament means it's the grace, it's by which, is the grace, um, the means of grace uh, from God, at which he dispenses his grace to you. So literally, when you take on communion or you get baptized, that those actions save you then and there. So every single time you do it, uh, it needs to be, um, you need to do it or else you don't have salvation. Now, you can see why in Protestant circles uh, that is important differentiation because we believe that only Jesus saves. There's Jesus plus nothing, Jesus himself and his work on the cross, uh, that he is the atoning sacrifice for us, that Jesus Christ is enough for salvation and our relationship uh, with God. So we view communion as a symbol. Now, I'm not just saying this. It's been backed up by centuries of, of church tradition and i'm sure you could argue both ways but the way that i see it uh, the way that i read scripture in luke chapter 22 19 and 20 where jesus says himself he says this uh in, during during the last supper uh <clears throat> and he took the bread he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you now we see here, I would argue that it's highly symbolic. The communion is a symbol. Uh, he says to do this, uh, do what? Like do the breaking of the bread, the taking on the bread, uh, the taking of the cup and the drinking of the cup in remembrance. It's to symbolize, it's to represent, it's to remember, remember the word Eucharist, uh, is to be thankful for the work that's been done for us, for the life that God has given us. And symbols are important because symbols in themselves uh, they have no power. You think of a stop sign. You think of uh, uh, the traffic lights. Uh, you think of our rings, the wedding band as a symbol. You think of even the cross. The, like all those symbols of its own uh, has no power. It's actually what they represent. It's what they point to. The cross pointing to Jesus. Uh, the stop sign pointing to saying we should stop. That's what has the power and authority. The ring signifying, symbolizing uh, the love that we have and the covenant we have with God and, and with our with our spouses so symbols are important and communion is an important symbol uh, for us in the christian faith now i'm going to throw another uh, heavy uh, theological term heavy theological word and it's transubstantiation uh, look that up transubstantiation where it's and the understanding that when you take on the elements so the body uh, the, the bread and the cup that when you take of it during the consecration and uh, of the elements that it literally becomes the body and the blood of Jesus uh, in your stomach. So we see this in uh, with our Roman Catholic friends and 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 that's why with priests uh, that if uh, heaven forbid you ever drop the Eucharist, uh, you ever drop elements of the Eucharist, the the bread and the, and and the blood, you literally at that moment have to still finish it even though it's been on the floor because it's not a symbol it literally is the body and the blood of jesus christ now i'm not going to go too too much into that um i do believe in a high view uh, of communion uh, that we are to take it seriously though we're to take it seriously i believe god also calls us to take it symbolically uh, that we're not meant to use it as an idol 
uh, to understand as an idol because even good things can be idols uh, in our lives. Um, that we're not to understand it as that, that is meant to, is, to be a symbol that points people, points us every single month, whenever it is that you take it, back to the cross, back to Jesus, back to what he has done. That's the power of the symbol of communion. But also see here in Luke 22 what Jesus is saying when he says, do this in remembrance of me. Um, I also see it as whenever it is that you do this. That's the way that we understand it. That It's not bound by time. It's not bound by barriers. We know that Jesus and his work, it transcends borders and barriers altogether. So it's not trapped to a specific time, a specific moment. Now, is there a better way, a best way of doing it? Like I said before, I would much prefer to have a coffee with someone in person, uh, sitting across the table and having a conversation. But at the same time, if, as I'm talking to them online, it doesn't nullify our conversation, our relationship. It's a real-time conversation that I'm having with them. So what we see here is that what Jesus is saying is that whenever you do it, you are ought to be remembering me. That in that moment, in the symbol that you take, that there is power in that moment because it's pointing back to the person behind the symbol, which is a Jesus. So this is really um, a way for me to say this, that well, whenever we take communion, it is possible that you could be taking on the elements all together in a church, in a service with the pastor or the priest or whoever it is in the front administering the, the, the elements of, of communion and actually means absolutely nothing to you because you're not thankful at that moment, that you're not remembering the work of Christ. Uh, that we're just there going through the motions. And that is entirely possible, even though we're physically there. Again, it's the elements have no power themselves. It's our understanding and the of the of the elements and our thankfulness and our hearts and our gratitude that that um, that that gives weight uh, to this um, to to our understanding and how it fulfills our spiritual lives and also how it fulfills us as as, as Christians. So this is a way for me to say that it seems that it, it is perfectly possible to still celebrate and be thankful, even though we might not be there in person. That when you're taking on communion this Sunday, or whenever it is, and it's all online, that you have your little bread and your piece of bread and in your cup there, uh, that when you take it at that moment, that as the body, as we're virtually uh, connected we know that jesus breaks barriers and he breaks borders even through the internet uh, even through physical distance that even though we might be taking it from different places uh, that god still unites us and whenever we take it we still are thankful and we're remembering what god is doing and that god does a supernatural work there that he is uniting his church that he's uniting his people uh, that he's bringing people back to a remembrance and a um and a celebration of what God has done for us. I'm going to quote from Chris Ridgway again, the author who wrote um, the piece at Christianity Today. He says this, Yet imagined video conference call, not so much imagined anymore, is an extension of known relationships of the local body. Why can't the signs of God's presence, the bread and the wine, and the signs of our presence, our smiles and voices, signify both the goodness of the embodied world and the reality of the spiritual one. There's nothing inherently agnostic, disembodied here. Real bodies, real bread, and the real presence of a triune God on Zoom this weekend and joyfully gathered back together in person once this too has passed. So I think this Sunday, when we take on the elements together, or whenever it is you're taking it again, 
that it is real bodies as we interact through online. It is real bread that you're taking. It's real juice that you're taking. There's a real cup that you're taking that we're blessing, that we're celebrating, that and there's a real life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Christ that we are remembering and celebrating. So nothing can take away uh, from that. And just know that if God can break barriers, like why can't he supernaturally break this physical barrier uh, as well? And I've been seeing this in the last month, at least, uh, and, and longer, as long as this COVID-19 pandemic is going, that I've been seeing God truly deconstruct uh, the Western church, where I know for a fact, for our church, where we've been stripped of our buildings, uh, our program, and our services, and Christianity is so much more than these. And, and, and all we're left with are really our faith, our relationship with Christ and our relationship with people in, in our church. So uh, you can, I hope that this um, clarifies uh, the topic a little bit more. If does virtual communion count? I would say, though I would much rather meet in person, and though I would much rather take on the communion, uh, take on communion together, I would say, does virtual communion count? Yes, because God can do all things. And as long as it is Jesus Christ that we're remembering and we're celebrating, I believe Jesus can break all barriers.